Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. What is expansion and realignment really about? Is it about football? Is it about student athletes? Is it about television? Is it about money? What is it really about? We've talked in and around this for several months. And we have seen in the Pac-12 footprint a mass defection of schools that have left a conference decimated, if not dissolved. Pac-12, as we once knew it, gone. Oregon, Washington, the latest two teams in the Pac-12, announcing that they will join USC and UCLA in the Big Ten Conference. Hell, I covered the Big Ten Conference in the late 1990s. It's a great conference, great fans, some great college towns. But it felt far away from the Pacific time zone. It still feels far away from the Pacific time zone. University of Michigan Regent, Jordan Acker. He's a girl dad like me. I've got three. He's got three. He's a lawyer. He is a regent at the University of Michigan. And he had what I thought was one of the most important statements that were made by anybody in the last several months as it pertains to expansion. When he broke his silence and essentially just said, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I see. Here's what I see is interesting. I wanted to get him on the show to talk about it, to talk about what he has seen in college athletics, what he is watching happen in the Big Ten, and what he makes of all of it. And so here to talk about it, uh, University of Michigan Regent Jordan Acker joining us. Three daughters, just like me, man. Bless you. Well, you know, it's funny. Just before you came in there, first of all, thanks for having me, John. Uh, good afternoon to uh, to you. Uh, I had my five-year-old dump an entire uh, container of Parmesan all over the floor, which, uh, <laughs> you know how that I is. I love it. I love that. <laughs> you know what? People keep telling me that one day I'll miss stuff like that. And so I tell myself that when in the moment, you know? <laughs> one day I'll miss it. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. My uh, My in-laws are in town this week, and the moment this Parmesan fiasco happened, they took off out the door. So I don't <laughs> think you actually missed yeah. it. No, I think you, you want to get out of there. Exactly. <laughs> all right, let's talk. Uh, let's dive into realignment, expansion, all of this stuff. And I, I kind of want to go back to like August sixth. You have this incredible thread on Twitter that went viral, and I saw it, and I just nodded my head as I read it. But you know, where are you sitting when you go when you finally decide to sit down and break? You know, say, hey, I've been holding my tongue, and and you just start writing. Yes. Yeah, so. I was actually, the University of Michigan has an alumni camp in northern Michigan, about four hours north of Ann Arbor, and I was sitting and having breakfast with a couple of friends, um, one of whom, of course, was is a uh, former All-Big Ten uh, linebacker, and this friend's telling me about how, the, you know, how the travel, and we're talking about the impact it's going to have, and I thought more about it, and I said, look... We're, we're all at a point where we know what, what this is. This is about money. 
This is about this is about protecting brands, but this is a business. And, you know, people tell me that I was brave. I had multiple coaches reach out to me, both from within the Big Ten Conference and some coaches who would be joining the Big Ten Conference soon. A couple SEC coaches reached out to me, a couple athletic directors, a couple board members, the president. But I don't think it's that brave. I think it's just being honest about what we are here. And for me, it's not about – look, we're going to go back to the old days where it's the Big Ten and the Pac-10 and they, they play in the Rose Bowl and there's no such thing as a national champion. Look, those days are all gone, right? The, the days, and you know, we, we joke about this uh, at Michigan, the, the January 1st, 1981, the biggest story was that the head football coach at the University of Michigan was making $100,000. $100,000, it seems kind of quaint now, doesn't it? And so I think the point is, is that – it's not 1981. It's certainly not 2005, 2006. It's not even 2016. Things have changed significantly. This is a bigger business. And this was done entirely at the behest of executives at TV networks, which is fine if you consider it a business. But I don't know another business on earth that part of their business model is simply not compensating uh, the primary employees. Because let's be honest, that's, that's, that's part of the problem here, is that we ha- the enormous hypocrisy of college athletics is simply too much to bear for me at this point to say, look, you're either – you're not student-athletes. You know, going from Ann Arbor to, to Eugene, Oregon is not the behavior of student-athletes. It's the behavior of an employee. And we have to be serious and realistic about what we're dealing with here. And it's not amateurism. It's not. And, I, I, you know, for me, it was just a time to speak out and, and speak truth to what's happening here. And I think I personally was a little surprised. I was up in the woods and I turned my phone off, turned off my laptop and came back a few hours later to hundreds of text messages and calls and tweets. I didn't realize what, what kind of an impact this would have on people. But I don't want you know, my primary message to be lost, which is that it's just the president's have ceded the power to the commissioners who have ceded the power to networks. And if you want to know what the primary problem is in college sports, that is it. That's what it comes down to. Did you get blowback at all from Big Ten presidents, commissioners, TV executives? Was there any negativity that came out of it? No, and, you know, it's funny um, – I, I, I spoke to my president. I spoke to our athletic director, <clears throat> Ward Manuel, uh, shortly after this, and uh, both were supportive and agreed in a lot of ways uh, with what I had said. Um, you know, it, it, here's the thing is that, you know, I, Mark Silverman at Fox is a friend. Um, I like them, but they're doing their job. Their job is to maximize TV viewers for the Fox networks, right? At some point, the presidents and the commissioners have to stand up and start doing their jobs. And I include Charlie Baker in that as well, because if you're really out there saying, I got to do what's right for a student athlete, you got to put your money where your mouth is. And let's be real. This was just sure. We can say the big 10 is responsible and the big 10 killed the PAC 12, but this has been going on for a very long time. You know, the ACC killed the big East, you know, the, the, you could, you could add sure Rutgers and Maryland into this going into the big 10, but this has been a constant in college sports, and it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of like, when is enough enough? And I think for me the answer is, this is enough. 
Yeah, and, I, think uh, lot- I, I think that's really what it comes down to. I think a lot of people, especially in the Pacific time zone, felt like the, that the Pacific time zone teams have not mattered in the college football playoff. And now it feels like the Pacific time zone outside of the L.A. schools, outside of Oregon and Washington, that, you know, the rest of the college world and TV world just frankly didn't see the value in it. You raised a point about the travel, and we're not talking about football that's going to travel by chartered flights and stay in five-star hotels. We're talking about, you know, the tennis team, the golf team, the volleyball team, the soccer teams that are going to take connecting flights, you know, the Michigan athletes that are going to have to get to Eugene, and, you know, that's that's going to be a difficult one. And uh, it's going to put an incredible strain on the 5,000 Pac-12 athletes that are going to have to go off into other places, not to mention the Big Ten and the Big 12 and you know, I start to think, Jordan, that maybe football should be like maybe Chip Kelly's right. Football should go do its own thing. I, I actually think Chip Kelly is entirely right about this. You know, I, when it comes to football, I entirely see the value of it. You know, I, I understand because it's a business. Again, it's a completely different world from the tennis team, from the soccer team. Those are those are Olympic sports, and those should be regionalized. There is no need for a, a Michigan athlete to get on a plane in Detroit and fly through Seattle to Eugene for a regular Big Ten game. That does not make any sense. But the, again, this comes down to university presidents have to make this call, and they haven't. Over and over and over again, they do what's right for them, which is fair, but there's no grown-ups in the room. There's no commissioner. You know, Charlie Baker and the NCAA have completely ceded this space, as far as I can tell, to say what's right for the student athletes. And it's clear, and you know this, it's clear that, you know, going to, uh, you know, going, staying, having those games in the Pacific Northwest or in the LA area or in Arizona makes way more sense than athletes getting on a plane and flying to Newark, New Jersey to drive another hour to Rutgers. That's ridiculous. And I think everyone realizes it. The problem is, again, there's no grown-ups in the room to tell to tell people this is wrong, and it doesn't actually make any sense. Why do you think the presidents won't speak up? Because I have tried to get them on this show. I talk to them off air. They're happy to talk on background. But, you know, you're a lawyer. I mean, is there a legal issue looming? Is Are they just afraid to step forward and, you know, and say what we all say, the quiet part out loud? Hey, it's about money, and we know we have to drag the volleyball team along to get it because, you know, we didn't take time to think about regionalizing the other sports, and when that happens, we'll fix it. Yeah, so I I have a a theory on this, and it's not from talking to any particular president, though. Obviously, I talked to several uh, in, in this job. You have to remember that for a lot of administrators, the number one goal, among everything else, first of all, you got to keep the money flowing, right? That's key because it drives donations to the rest of the institution. But the second part is, and this is key, is that there is a goal to prevent athletes from becoming employees, right? And once you figure out that those are the two goals and you work back from them, you realize why no one wants to talk about this because conversations about this lead to lawsuits. Right, and they believe that they're not fulfilling their fiduciary duty to their institutions if they speak out, say the truth, which is that these these student quote student athletes are clearly going to be employees at some point. They don't want to be the ones that that kick us there, but ultimately, I think there's a I think there's a real fear of it, and I think there's a real fear of being the only one standing up uh, and speaking out when 
when things are uh, when things are changing. I think that's that's a really difficult thing for a lot of these presidents to do, and a lot of them don't want to deal with athletics in the first place hmm. because that's not what they're, they're they're not business people. They're academics, and that that creates a really different perspective, I think, for a university president. And they're suddenly thrown into a you know a multi-million or billion-dollar business that they know almost nothing about. It's 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 a it's a tremendous, tremendous challenge. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear from the track record of the last 20 years that the people that they've employed to handle this, that the commissioners have not done such a great job. You know, we are not in a better place in college sports now than we were 20 years ago. But a big part of this reason is because, you know, allowing employees to, or allowing student athletes to become employees, to maybe unionize or maybe not, or become employees of a, you know, the conference or something like that hasn't been thought through. Instead, we're stuck with the worst possible solution because they want to avoid employee status almost at all costs. University of Michigan Regent Jordan Acker is with us, father of three girls and a lawyer in his spare time joining us. Um, give give yeah. me an idea. Give me an idea, Jordan. You know, people... We we hear about regents, we hear about trustees, um, and you know I and I know one of the questions I'll get is okay why didn't the regents push back against the presidents that wanted to make these moves out in the Pac-12 or you know why wasn't there more accountability there and give us an idea in your world as a regent how that conversation or maybe you know if Michigan was going to leave the Big Ten and join the Pac-12 it was the other way around how would that go down in your world. Well, in Michigan, things are a little bit different because I'm a publicly elected official. I don't own, you know, my seat to a donation to, or to to the institution. I was elected statewide in 2018. So my first and foremost obligation is to the people of the state of Michigan and doing what's right for the people of the state of Michigan first before anything else when it comes to anything involving the university. So with with other boards, they, they're appointed, some come through alumni. It, it sort of depends on where you are, but we all have the same fiduciary duty, which is to do best by our institution, right? And I think that's why people get caught up and say, well, why didn't you push back against President Ono and the other presidents who are pushing this? And the reality is, is and this displays my own hypocrisy, I completely admit this, it, it is in the financial best interest of the University of Michigan to to have this expansion it was it was in the best interest to add usc to add ucla and to add oregon and washington as well but as an elected official i also have the freedom to say the whole system is rotten and where are we going with this and that's a freedom that frankly a lot of trustees just don't have um and i think it's actually my obligation to speak up and say you know what we did this this happened but this whole system isn't right, and we got to get some grown-ups in the room to fix it, and soon, otherwise, we're going to see a continued collapse of the tradition that we know as college athletics. You mentioned television. Uh, you know, there's uh, growing sentiment. I'm uncomfortable with the role of television and and how they're uh, driving things, and I can clearly see the the you know the possibility of an antitrust issue on on the TV side if it could ever be proven, but. Um, I'm wondering what the breaking point will be, or, or if, like if you say, if you say, hey, it's enough, it's rotten, we can all see it. What do you think causes 
um, a wholesale decision where college athletics takes maybe the advice of the Knight Commission and says, hey, we're going to separate football. Football's different. Chip Kelly's right. What, you know, will it take something else, or do you think we're at that point? You know, what I would say about that is is that there are the Knight Commission has come up with some great solutions, but every decision, that major decision from the that the, has involved the NCAA and television, starting in 1984 when the University of Oklahoma sued the NCAA to free up their television rights, has come at you know at, at a judge's uh, uh, decision, and that's what I expect here as well. I don't think I think the power is too diffuse amongst conference commissioners. I think people are deathly afraid of lawsuits. And I think that the next step is, is that this is going to get imposed on, uh, on college athletics as a whole. I would not like to see it that way. I would like to see the leaders of college athletics, maybe even with the leaders of television, say, look, we need to separate football in the same way, by the way, that this happened in England with the Premier League 30 years ago and leave everything else alone and figure out a way to trickle down the money to make sure you can still run, you know, the 29 varsity sports that we have at Michigan. But I don't think that they, I I honestly don't think that they will. I think that they're going to wait for these decisions to come down. And I think ultimately the courts are going to make this decision and impose these things on the NCAA within the next four or five years. And it's, it's, you know, this, this, this failure of the NCAA in Washington to get anything passed it's just exactly it's exactly part of the problem. You're doing the same thing over and over again. They try to hail Mary in Washington. It's not going to work. Now the courts will impose it. And it's sad, but this is ultimately how the NCAA has operated uh, in, in its modern existence. Jordan Acker is with us, Regent, University of Michigan, uh, also uh, a lawyer by trade. Jordan, uh, you know, Oregon State and Washington State are in a precarious position because they have essentially been eliminated from a Power Five conference. Now, depending on what Stanford and Cal do, they may be on their own. Um, and they're probably, you know, they would hear your words and say, okay, how do we, how do we navigate the next four or five years so that we're in position to be included if, if it's, you know, the top 64 teams or the top 100 teams or whatever belongs in major college football? How do we, how do we stay included? How do we stay relevant? It's, I think it's a real challenge for a program like Washington State and Oregon State because, you know, this season they'll be a Power 5 team and next season they may not be. Yeah, I mean, and Oregon State especially, that's a team that's going to contend for the Pac-12 championship this year in football. I mean, I, I, unfortunately, I think the best thing you can do if you're a university like that is to keep your football team as strong as possible, keep your profile as strong as possible, your academic profile as strong as possible. Look, the, the reality is, is Oregon State and Washington State, and to a lesser extent, Cal and Stanford, though I would say that them not joining the Big Ten is the biggest indictment of what I've been saying at all. If you're yeah. talking about two of the best public universities in the world, and they don't have a spot in the Big Ten Conference, tells you exactly what it is, which is a business, right? In Oregon State and Washington State, they, they, I know they're in a rough, in a rough position, but their presidents are not wilting flowers here. Their presidents were involved in all these Pac-12 decisions that led to this point. And, you know, you have to be very clear-eyed and realize this is a business. You have to keep your brand up as much as you can over the next few years. And you have to hope that the right situation develops. It may, it may not. Um, but ultimately, those are great schools. They're going to find a good place. But it's going to be enormously challenging to recruit and retain student-athletes and coaches 
once they're no longer in in the Pac-12 or whatever the successor conference looks like. I mean, that's be clear right about that. That's a tremendous business challenge. Next uh, for you and and for fans and listeners who are listening, and is there um, a lawmaker they should be lobbying? Is uh, is there noise they they should be making that that causes college athletics or maybe the courts one day to to, to intervene? Well, so there's a couple of of big cases right now. You know, the two that they that fans should be looking out are on the Johnson case and the NLRB decision. Um, and my sense is is that if, uh, if if President Biden is reelected, that I would expect sometime in the next couple of years, the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, will declare student athletes as employees and will attempt to enforce that decision. Um, and I think the only question is, what does the what do the courts do on this? You know, the other the other part is is that this is not a liberal conservative thing. If you're you're looking for you know uh, a Trump appointee, is Brett Kavanaugh absolutely filleted the NCAA uh, in the in his concurrence to the Alston decision? There is no home for the NCAA on any of these decisions. So it's just a question of which case reaches the Supreme Court first, and and how badly do the justices, liberal and conservative, want to absolutely destroy this organization? And they will. Um, they, there is no home, no quarter for any of this. Um, the NCA's days uh, as a, a governing body in the way that it is right now with student-athletes not as employees, not as employees of a conference, are numbered. It just depends on how, how many numbers there are. Jordan Acker, University of Michigan Regent. Uh, Jordan, I really appreciate your time. You know, I keep saying, you know, I can't wait for football season. It'll give us a chance to focus on the football, but... I don't think this is going away. I mean, it's obviously going to be operating in the background all season long throughout the Pac-12 and other conferences uh, across the country, and then next year in the Big Ten for for uh, the expanded Big Ten and the expanded Big 12. I, I just think it's the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. It, it is, and, you know, I think that fans will will forget about this when it's all said and done, and football will start, and the bands will come back, and you'll be back, and... Uh, back in the stadiums, and the, the media people are probably right. But look, the reality is is that co- major college football has changed, and it would be it, the way to save it is by changing the model. The, that is ultimately the most important thing here. Is this isn't going to work for women's tennis, and we need to make sure that we can protect those student athletes and eliminate the hypocrisy that just inhabits all of these decisions over expansion but i will say as a fan the thought of going to austin again i am so excited for that (laughs) and that's that'll do it all right good luck with the parmesan thank you for joining (laughs) us i appreciate you you, uh speaking out and becoming kind of the voice of reason on this i think uh, there's a lot more to be said so we'll check back in with you as this develops but thank you jordan so much Sounds great. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye. All right. There, there he is. Jordan Acker. He's a regent at the University of Michigan. I want your reaction to that. What did you hear there? What are you thinking? Is he spitting truth? Does it make you mad and uncomfortable? Or are you just, hey, just show me the baby. Put the game on the TV. I don't care about every, anything else. 503-417-7575. Anna has popped into the studio. Anna, it is your birthday today. Happy birthday. Thank you. How's your birthday going? Great. 
Yeah? Oh, How so? Give us an idea. Are no. you a big birthday person? Uh, no. Actually, I, I was just happy today hanging out with the girls. Um, took them to a playground. Took the dog to the dog park. Mm. Uh, you know, we kind of went out for breakfast, and that was nice. I'm... I, I I don't know. Am I should I be? We we also had a great weekend away, so maybe I would be less satisfied if we hadn't had that. I, yeah, I talked to uh, our listeners off the top of the show today about how dramatic people in San Diego were acting as this light drizzle was on the horizon <laughs> and showing up on Sunday morning. Uh, I'm sure the uh, hurricane hitting uh, you know some areas the the desert areas that have been you know inundated with flooding big deal but in san diego it was kind of mellow uh you know? yeah it was really mellow and then the other thing too is just i don't know it's one of those situations where i know uh, obviously i was in the news so i know that we have a responsibility to warn people and get them ready and and all that is that how is that how <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Truth. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.